Shep Hyken here on Amazing Business Radio on the C-Suite Network. And if you don't take care of the people that take care of your customers, there's no way that they can take care of your customers. Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everyone. Shep Hyken here on Amazing Business Radio, and I am very excited about today's interview because we have Murph Krajewski in the house. Now, we're really not in the house, but on the air, so to speak, over the phone lines. Right. Now, let me give you a little background on Murph. He is the VP of Marketing at Sharpen, and he'll tell you a little bit more about Sharpen. Basically, they create better agent experiences. That's in call centers, support centers, and uh, they do it with merging technology and relationships, and that creates a better experience for the customer. I'll let him tell you more about that, and he's a guy that I would say is in the trenches, which is why we want to hear from him. Anything related to customer service, customer support, creating a better relationship. This is the episode that you want to listen to. Murph has been in the contact center for more than 20 years and a number of roles. Uh, he's seen uh, all sides of it. He's worked with the system side. He's worked on the people side. He's been on the front line dealing with calls. Uh, in a minute, I'm going to ask him how many calls he thinks he's handled with his customers. I just talked <laughs> to somebody the other day. They told me they were have been on the phone with more than two 250,000 customers. That guy wow. knows customer service. So anyway, these days, Murph is focused on creating better experiences for contact center agents. You know what? I think, again, I want to emphasize, even though we're going to be talking about contact centers and agents, this applies to a company that has any relationship with a customer at all. If you've got somebody in your company that has direct contact with a customer, or maybe you've got an office with 1,500 support center reps, this is an episode you're going to want to listen to. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Murph Krajewski. How are are you, Murph? I'm great, Chef. Thank you very much. That uh, that was a lofty intro. I'm going to have to work hard to live up to that. Oh, man. I just want to make your mom proud. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's the goal. We make mom proud. Everybody's happy. So, right. so how many calls do you think you've had with customers over the years? Take a guess. Oh, man. So that I've, I've never actually tried to quantify it. I've, I'm nowhere near a quarter of a million, certainly. Um, I mean, thousands. I mean, multiple thousands of course, um, in varying stages. And some of it is as simple as a, a help desk call. And some of it is, you know, frontline customer service where you've got someone who's sort of pre-angered getting on the phone with you. And those are, those are tricky situations. Pre-angered. That's a, that's a word you must have made up. I, I think I did just now <laughs> on the fly. <laughs> pre-angered. All right. So sharpen, uh, Let's you know sharpencx.com. That's the website. And by the way, right. in a moment we're going to talk about the gift that you're going to give us, which is really nice because I'm holding it in my hand right here this unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I'm calling it a white paper report. It, it's a pretty cool thing. We'll talk about that. But tell us quickly what does Sharpen do? Well, so Sharpen is at its heart we're a cloud-based contact center platform. We do communications full stack from voice. Um, every channel you can think of. In fact, this morning on my drive into the office, I thought of a new channel that we're going to try to implement. I'm not going to talk about it here because oh, it's no? still in the works. But like we're all the time thinking up new ways to connect um, businesses to customers um, to improve uh, customer experience. And so though we are focused on the contact center industry, 
the, the topic that we're going to talk about today, as you mentioned, is actually much broader than just a contact center. It's um, sort of fixing the root problem with customer service and customer experience, as Sharpen has defined it. All right. And, and so what is that root problem? Well, we kind of tracked it back, and this is actually goes back to the origins of Sharpen. Um, our founders sort of analyzed the contact center industry in the decades that it's been around. I mean, contact centers have existed since the 60s. So they went back and they looked at it to the root, and they found that the, the main problem with customer service and customer experience is agent experience. Um, and so, you know, we'll, we'll kind of dive into that a little bit more, but the, the key focus that Sharpen sort of began looking at is how do you make an agent's experience better? Um, the, the sad fact is that contact center agent is one of the lowest rated jobs in the country. And mm. so companies are, you know, using this job function of a contact center agent which has very low job satisfaction to try to make their most important asset, their customers, happy. And there's just a huge mismatch there, and we think we can fix it. So we'll, we'll draw a parallel to another industry. The, yeah. Perhaps the lowest paid person at a bank is the teller, yes. right? And who has the most contact with a customer of a bank? The, the teller, teller. That exactly. Is, that is one hundred percent the truth, and uh, we actually work with a couple of uh, financial institutions who figured that out. Mm, yeah, that's great. And then if you take a look at what, I, and I know I I mention these great companies all of the time. They're rock stars. They're icons. But if you look at what Tony Shea did with Zappos and their mm -hmm. their support center, they have the most amazing people, and there's so many. Boy, we could do a whole show in, in how they created the culture and their values and everything that has to align to come to work at Zappos. And then on top of it, they take care of their people really, really well. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing, actually, what happens when you, as a company, when you flip the cultural vibe of what everyone has expected a contact center to be since those early days in the 60s, and you just remake it to match the modern world. Um, it's it's amazing that things like Zappos comes out of it, or um, other rock stars that we love, companies like Nordstrom, who right. just they seem to get it on a level that that a lot of companies don't, and it's it's really just a a willingness to reinvent the way your company serves its customers. So let's talk about the, the you know there's a concept that I I have uh, actually typed out on my sheet. Customer satisfaction is a symptom. Yeah. So this is your line, not mine. Tell right. me what that means. Well, I like to think that uh, customer satisfaction is an indicator of conditions that exist or do not exist. Um, so if you, if you equate customer satisfaction to like a headache, um, so you know, if, if your head hurts and your vision is blurry, it may mean that you ate ice cream too fast. And so, you know, that'll never happen exists. with me. That'll never right. happen with me. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> well, and on the other side of that, if you've got this sort of euphoric, lightheaded feeling, it may mean that you drank something too quickly and some brain cells have been killed and you have what's called a buzz. And so it's, it, it could be a good feeling. It could be a bad feeling. But either way, the feeling itself is simply uh, an indicator of conditions that exist of or something don't exist. else. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's so, something else. Yeah. So if we, if we track it back 
to uh, like I, I did a, a study recently that the uh, American Customer Satisfaction Index, the the ACSI, mm-hmm. right now it's kind of reported at about a 77 percent satisfaction rating. Um, and if you go to the ACSI website and you look that up, they'll they'll write about it in a very exciting way. And they even mentioned that it's sort of plateauing over the last uh, about a year's period. I think they track it quarterly, and they said since this quarter last year, it's sort of leveling off. And um, I want to make sure I understand what that 77% number is. Uh, customer satisfaction in the average industry, across all industries? Um, yeah, it's across all industries. It's just the sort of average customer satisfaction rating that, um, that general companies who provide customer service report back. Okay. Wow. And there's obviously rock stars like, you know, the ones we've already mentioned, Zappos right. or, or Nordstrom or Amazon or, uh, right. you know, some of the, And then there's, uh, you know, I just uh, was participated in an interview for an article on, uh, it was the Streets 24-7 article. Every year they have it, the uh, Hall of Fame and the Hall of Shame of customer service. Oh, yeah. And if you yeah. look at that Hall of Shame, I don't know if those companies necessarily belong in there, but their industry is tainted. And you know what those industries are. It's the cable, TV, Internet-type industries, some of its financial services. Um, you know, and these airlines fall into that category. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. airlines have been taking a beating lately, yeah. Right, and, yeah. and, and no, no pun intended with the beating. Right. Okay. Exactly. So, but seriously, yeah. those three industries, I think, make up, if not all, of the participants in that Hall of Shame. At least uh, eleven or twelve of the thirteen that they mention, and uh, whether they uh, are belong there or not. But what there's the laggards, and then there's the rock stars. It's averaging out to seventy-seven percent. To me, seventy-seven right. percent. When I went to school, that was a C. That was acceptable, yeah. maybe yeah. average. You know, uh, not too good. Exactly. Well, and that's that's the point. When I read that and I saw that they were proud of how it's kind of plateaued and it's it's like one of the highest levels that it's been in, in years, I thought, you know, that means one of two things is true. Either customers are as happy as they can be at this point because we plateaued, or companies are providing the best possible service that they can provide. And so, therefore, we've kind of hit this ceiling that we can't seem to get past a solid C plus. Um, and I'm with you speaking as a customer, I'm not happy with a double up the middle. I want a home run over the fence, right? I want customer service that makes me loyal to a brand. Um, and I just don't believe that we're there. I don't think we're there yet. So here's what I've studied with the ASCI in the last year. Um, I'm sorry. Did I say a, yeah, a S yeah, a A C S I A C S I. Boy, these numbers or, or letters, they jumble <laughs> up. It looks to me, when I look at the numbers, and, and I see that the, the, the general score on average is getting better. But I think there's you know, we talk about the rock stars. They are setting the bar higher for everyone else. But I've been looking at the industries, even those laggards that are in that hall of shame, um, they are still increasing their overall levels of customer satisfaction. According to the ACSI, even the government is showing some minor improvement in customer service. I think the issue is when you compare them to the rock stars, that brings everything down. And and even and so my point is this. Uh, the rock stars are setting the bar high, and the laggards, even if they're trying to improve and they are improving, they're just not keeping up with the, uh, the customer's expectations. Right, right. 
Well, and there was always, you know, if you go back to the, the school analogy, there's always those who blow the curve for everyone else. Um, and I think, like On you both said, sides. that's what we see. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. right. Um, right. So the bell curve uh, model is probably um, accurate here. Yep, yep. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, I want to discuss how we can turn that around, because I know you've got some ideas on that. So I we, could go all day. Oh, yeah. And before we break, I also want to tell you about the special gift that Murph is providing all of us. It is an incredible report. I'm holding it in my hand. It's about legacy technology, which means old technology and how it's impacting uh, agent happiness, customer satisfaction, which, by the way, if it's impacting them and it's old, it's not impacting them in a positive way. There's so much information here, stats and facts, and here's how you get it. And it is free. It doesn't cost a thing. And not only that, when you go to this site and you click on it, you don't even have to put in your email address, your name. It is truly a gift that's giving without anything in return. And all you do is you go to sharpencx.com forward slash ABR. ABR stands for Amazing Business Radio. That's sharpencx.com forward slash ABR. Don't go away. We're going to be right back. And this is Shep Hyken on Amazing Business Radio. If you like what you're hearing on Amazing Business Radio, and I know you do, then you can get much more of this information. All you have to do is go to my website, hyken.com. That's www.hyken.com. Fill out the subscribe to the shepherd letter form, and each week you will get an article that contains a business tip, stories, much more, all about customer service and experience delivered straight to your inbox. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to always be amazing. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Murph Krajewski at Sharp hey. CX. Hey, there he is. And one more time, in case you didn't get it, go to www.sharpencx.com forward slash ABR and download this incredible report. I think you'll be very, very happy that you did. And again, this is truly a gift. No charge. You don't even have to put your email address or name in there. By the way, if you love it, share it with everybody. That's what they want you to do. All right. Murph, we are going to talk about, gosh, I love this concept. The customer service uh, workers are really lifeguards. And you have this concept that a person in distress can't help anyone, meaning if we're not taking care of the people who are taking care of the customers, they can't possibly take care of the customers. Right, right. Well, I mean, it's it's basic. And anybody who's listening to this podcast has been on an airplane um, in the in probably in the recent past, and they've heard or ignored uh, the the flight attendants say, you know, if, if there's a loss of cabin pressure, oxygen masks are going to drop down from the, the compartments above and put on your own mask before you help others. And there's a reason they tell you that. It's because a person in distress can't help anyone who el- who's in distress. Um, in order for someone to be helpful, they have to have established themselves in a position of security. Right. Um, and I mean, this this is this is not customer service related. This is basic uh, human existence. Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You've got to you've got to feed yourself. You've got to get shelter. You've got to move on to your psychological well-being, and then you get into that sort of self-actualization where you can project your best self or help someone else who's in distress. And so, putting this in, into I think real simplistic terms, if you don't give the people 
on the front line, and that includes customer support agents. It includes anybody in your company who deals directly with the customer. If you don't give them the tools, and tools could mean the proper training as well as the technology they need so you don't, you know, uh, you know, hold them back from being able to deliver a stellar experience because of poor technology. If you don't do that, they can't give your customers the best experience possible. And by the way, they will feel uncomfortable at times because you haven't given them that. Agreed. 100% agreed. Um, of course, you know, I, I work for a technology company, so the technology is the part of the problem that, that we are actively working to solve. But there is a, a human component um, you talked about in the last segment, companies like Zappos, who have sort of flipped that cultural idea, and they place a very uh, high emphasis on the quality of life for their agents, recognizing, hey, these are, these are people, and they have dreams, and they have needs, and let's meet those needs, and then watch what happens, um, which then goes back and reinforces the fact that customer satisfaction is a symptom. And if your customer satisfaction scores are going up, it's because other things are happening in the background correctly. Mm, right. And, and, and it takes it – takes, I want you to think of it this way. Um, and I've talked about this for years, but we're, we're going to do a little twist on it. You can have the best product in the world, but if you don't have the best service, the product eventually somebody's going to go out and find a place that has comparable product with better service. You can have the best service in the world, but without the best, a great product that doesn't do what it's supposed to do, I don't care how nice the people are. It takes the two of those things together. One plus one equals more than two. And I believe that's kind of the same thing here. If you have a, a great person with a great attitude and you put them on the front line, but you don't give them the tools that they need to take care of that customer, it doesn't really matter how nice they are. And, uh, I mean, it does to a degree. It could overcome things right. short term. Uh, and conversely, you know, I don't care how good your technology is. You put, you know, the crusty curmudgeon on the front line right. and uh, it doesn't matter how good the system is. Well, it's interesting, too. We in, in doing some research for both for the, the report that we're giving away uh, from this show and also for some other materials that we're building, um, we have tapped into on the Internet these communities of contact center workers or they call themselves survivors sometimes if they've worked in a contact center and gone somewhere else. Um, and it is amazing the stories that you hear of lack of support from management or lack of training or lack of tools uh, or, or just a bad environment with hours and scheduling and demands and like KPIs that they're held against but can never actually achieve. Um, it, it's, it's kind of a, an odd subculture when you get into it at that level that there are so many distress points in the life of a contact center agent um, who is then expected to pick up the phone from that sort of pre-angered person who's calling because they have a problem. They're always talking to people who are in positions of distress and they themselves are in distress. Right. So the beatings won't stop until the morale gets better. <laughs> exactly. That's I exactly saw that on it. a T-shirt. I know. I've said it before. So what can ease this agent distress? Well, there's, there's two sides of it, as I mentioned. There's the sort of the human side and the technological side. Um, the human side, uh, basic needs, make sure that your people are, um, you know, clothed and fed from a, an allegorical standpoint. Um, and I think these things are going to vary from company to company. 
Um, I think it's up to each business to decide their culture, to decide their values, their mission as an organization, and then make sure that they're treating their frontline employees as the people who are essentially the emissaries of that value system. Um, they're, like you said, uh, with bank tellers, they're the people who are most connected to the outside world to portray that company's brand and that company's values. Um, so I think that the, the human components need to reflect that. They need to have their basic needs met. They need to have their, uh, their feelings of support and well-being achieved so that they are confident and that they sort of hit that self-actualization level um, where they're ready to provide support. So that's the human part. And, um, now you've you know, got frankly, a system, we, right? Right. So now we get into the technology side, mm -hmm. and this is where um, we have identified a really actually a pending issue that's going to hit a lot of companies in the very near future. Um, the, the report begins with an analogy that the original iPhone was released 10 years ago. Wow. And if you, if you think about the advancements in that one piece of technology, just the iPhone, in the past 10 years. So I've had an iPhone for 10 years. Yeah, I thought I've had it forever. I, I, yeah. I don't know if I was an early adopter or not, but I mean, wow. I, I remember when I first got that iPhone, and I know I'm jumping off the off of, uh, yeah. but just a, a quick story. I was struggling with it, and I had jumped from, I don't know if it was a, I can't remember what I was using before. It was probably a Motorola Razor. <laughs> I, yeah, it probably, the little flip phone, and I go to the iPhone, and yep. I'm talking to the person in support, and he says, my goal is that in a week from now, I'm going to call you and you're going to say, I would jump in front of a moving bus to save my iPhone. And I said, I would, as long as the bus was going backwards. <laughs> 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 All right, so I, I digress here. So the iPhone, yeah. 10 years old, uh, yeah. quite different than the one we have today. Right, so the, the dynamic there is that not only technology, but think about the world around us in light of that one particular piece of technology. How much has the world changed since the advent of not just iPhones, but smartphones and the rise of, you know, Windows jumped in and Android jumped in and, you know, everybody else who's kind of tried to, to be a part of that market. Um, it's raised and fundamentally changed the expectations of people living in the world. And We've also now had a generation of people grow up with those devices. And so their expectations are incrementally different. And now overlay that with the dynamic that some businesses are still using um, contact centers that are analogous to those of the 60s. You know, obviously their technology. They're is still using different. rotary telephones. I mean, no, not quite equivalent, yeah, equivalent but the equivalent of that. You know what? I'm going to say, right. you know, five, six years ago, if that's the technology you have, that is maybe the equivalent of a rotary phone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and in 2008, so nine years ago, in 2008, speaking again specifically about the contact center industry, um, the, the leading sort of premises based on on-site systems had their peak in the market at about 88 percent. Um, buyer preference. People were looking for those systems. And the, the hard thing is that a lot of those businesses are very reluctant to change that particular component of the way that they work. And so they're all getting pushed towards this cliff because the end of life for an on-premises system is typically benchmarked at about 10 years. 
So we're now reaching this point where uh, businesses have to face this truth where they're, the systems that they're using and that they're reluctant to change are fundamentally um, going to fail them before too much longer. Wow. So, and the answer, of course, is, you know, the system goes from on-premise into the cloud, but into the cloud with the right system. Correct. Excellent. So we're going to take another short break. Uh, Before we do that, I want to remind everybody, www.sharpencx, sharpencx, like as in customer experience, dot com forward slash ABR for Amazing Business Radio, and you will get this uh, great report. Uh, I, I can't tell you, I, again, I've said already nice things about it. I'm not going to do it, but you need to do it as soon as you uh, finish listening to the episode or drive to where you're driving, open up your phone, get on the computer, download this report. All right, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to wrap it up. We've got a lot more to talk about. We're going to do it in a real short time. Don't go away. This is Amazing Business Radio. Chef Hyken here. How would you like customer service training anytime you want it or need it, day or night? Well, with Shepherd Virtual Training, you will have world-class customer service training at your fingertips online 24-7, 365 days a year. Just go to www.shepondemand.com. Once again, that's shepondemand.com. And remember, always be amazing. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Well, we're back on Amazing Business Radio on the C-Suite Network, talking with Murph Krajewski, SharpenCX. Remember, SharpenCX.com forward slash ABR gets you the report. We were talking about technology. We actually were talking about the uh, causes of stress to somebody who's dealing with a customer and and first is meeting their needs, keeping them healthy, making them, uh, you know, giving them the training. Then we started getting into the technology. Any final thoughts on that before we move on to uh, maybe the final topic? We're running out of time. It's been a great yeah, show. Uh, I mean, we like I said, we could go all day. But um, the the one kind of thing I like to boil down to is just keeping in mind that the, the job of serving customers is very complex and difficult because um, – when they come to you by nature, they're, they're typically not coming to tell you what a great job you're doing. They're coming because they have a problem. They have a need that they expect to have met, uh, the customers do. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times what we're doing to agents is we're, you know, the analogy could be we're walking them up to a board and, and showing them a nail and saying, your job is to drive that nail into that board and then handing them a screwdriver. Um, and then we actually make it worse by saying we're going to time you, and if you don't get the nail driven into the board <laughs> in a certain amount of time, you're not going to get paid. Right? So, so we, that's crazy. Yeah, but that's so what's we, happening. We make it difficult. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I gosh, it, it drives me crazy when uh, companies don't give their people what they need. And, and think about it. If you lived on the East Coast and you had a customer on the West Coast and your boss said to you, I want you to go visit that customer, but by the way, you're not allowed to fly. You have to drive or right. take a train. You're going, this is going to take me three days to get there, three days to get back. That's the most ridiculous waste of time I've ever – I mean, we've got to give people the tools so that they, they – can deliver uh, at the expectation. So I think you've hit on a lot of great things. You know, customer service, uh, you know, that's what I live and breathe. I've been doing it for 34 years now. And obviously that's what you live and breathe as well. I don't think people realize, and you hit it at the beginning of the show, you pay somebody at a support center 
a low a low wage to work that support. That's typically the way it's been. And think about any company. If you call a company and you don't get a virtual response system, you're probably talking to the receptionist who's answering the phone. And that mm-hmm. person is the gateway into the rest of the company. And I love it, and I know this is kind of old school, but I love it when somebody says, that's not the receptionist. That's the, the manager of first uh, impressions. That's great. You're going to equip this great. person with a great title. Have you given this person uh, the compensation that they deserve that gets them excited about coming to work? By the way, money isn't the only motivator. Compensation right. comes right. in other forms beyond a dollar. You can do many different things to compensate this person and make them feel great for the job that they do and the importance of the job. How do you compare customer service folks to the rest of a company or other people in the world? Well, so there are there are entire um, career paths that attract the type of person who inherently wants to help someone else. Uh, think about a nurse. Think about a firefighter. Think about a policeman. Um, we mentioned lifeguards earlier. There there are jobs that draw people who have an instinct to help other people. Mm-hmm. My personal aspiration is to turn customer service workers into that type of a career path where it's rewarding and it's worth um, going to. And I would love someday to see a college offer a two-year degree in customer service work, wow. you know, where you train for it and you become a, a specialist in serving other people. I mean, that's a whole other podcast episode. Let's cue that one up. I like that we'll come one. come back to it another time. And, yeah. and I'll just do a, a blatant uh, promotion that, hey, if, if you want your people to be certified in uh, at least a customer service course, of course, we've got thecustomerfocus.com. Right. So that's Shepherd Virtual Training. <laughs> but yeah. that's for another day. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, hey, I, I love that. So I think that people... You want to hire people that want to serve. And by the way, I have an assessment that everybody that comes to work for me, uh, I don't sell this, by the way. This is just something that I bought. Uh, It's like a DISC-type assessment uh, where we uh, manage their – or we understand their behavioral style. And one of the areas is their likelihood or willingness to serve someone else. There's nothing Mm -hmm. to be ashamed of when you're taking care of a customer and you're serving them. You're not subservient to anybody. You're taking care of them. All right. We are just about out of time. And I always like to end with the one thing question. And that one thing is, what is it uh, that you want to share with us that you absolutely want us to remember? You could have already talked about it or you want to give us something new. It's up to you. Uh, So in some more of this research that we did for the report, Uh, that we've referenced a couple of times, we discovered that um, 92% of customers say that an agent's mood or demeanor affects their experience. 92% of customers say that an agent's mood affects their experience. This is a stat that cannot be ignored. It cannot be ignored. So a business has to figure out how can I make my agent's experience as good or better than my customer's experience. It, it has to be addressed. Um, otherwise, we'll never get over that 77% solid C-plus of the ACSI index. Um, you know, money will be lost. Time will be lost. There's a lot of detail in the report that uh, people can go read and kind of digest a little bit more for themselves. Um, but, yeah, 92%, staggering number. That is amazing. So here's, here's the symptom. I don't know if that's the symptom, but that's the result. 
uh, here's, here's the cure. Treat the people who are on that front line. Treat anybody you work with at a minimum the way you want your customer treated. Absolutely. And uh, that'll do it. Absolutely. Murph, this has yep. been awesome. You, uh, I mean, this has been great. A ton of great information. Great. Plus the report, uh, www.sharpencx.com forward slash ABR. Make sure you download that. Ladies and gentlemen, this is why we call this Amazing Business Radio, because the amazing Murph Kryeski from Sharpen has graced us with his presence and his knowledge. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. This is great. It's been great. Until next time, everybody, we're going to have another great interview next week. So until next time, remember, always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.